On a scale of one to five sexist surgery machines. Dead characters do not yield spin-offs. I've been rooting for the unicorn to show up ever since I saw it on the whiteboard. <laughs> there you go. Gosu.com. This is serious business. Greetings! Kevin Smith has a thing for large undersea animals, so grab Ew. a drink, because this is serious business. I am Jeff, your host for this week's exciting episode, and I feel like negative a thousand dollars right now. Aw, <laughs> buddy! So, uh, just bear in mind, uh, a good way of thinking about it is is as though I'm really hungover. But I'm I'm not, and that's that's the part that's a bummer. But, but just imagine... Nice. To explain my tone, that I'm just doing this really hungover. <laughs> but you didn't put the work in last night. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I did all of that not drinking last night that uh, that has made me feel this way. Oh, that's sad. But no, I, uh, I I decided to rally despite the way I'm feeling because damn it, this is serious business. That's our leader. Slow clap. Yep. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So uh, this week I am joined by John and Kristen for an exciting. Hey. Kevin Smith themed episode. So let's start with John. John, how's it going? Doing well, Jeff. Uh, sorry, you know you're hanging in there, but I admire I admire your strength and courage. Well, thank you very much. Carrying on. <laughs> I'll take those compliments. Normally, I would attempt to be modest, but right now, I'll I'll take those compliments and I'll let them like flow through me. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, I I thought long and hard about what question to ask. And by long and hard, I mean, you know, for a few minutes, a few coherent minutes before this, this podcast. And uh, I've decided that if you were to be turned into an animal by a crazy old man, what animal would you like to be turned into? Hmm. Um, I would kind of want it to be something that's sort of minimal, reconstructive <laughs> efforts. All uh, right. So... Maybe something like a, I don't know, like a wolf or a werewolf or something. You know, a wolf, claw, eh? something with claws, something, something, something badass. Yeah, something badass. Some with, cool with animal. Minimal reconstructive. Yeah. Efforts would be good because yeah. I don't. You know, like I at first I, I almost said like a bird or something so I could fly, but then it's like, well, that that just sounds like a lot of work and a There's lot of pain. A- Lot so. of bone structure that needs to be completely modified to to get yeah. Yeah, the beak process would probably not. Oh yeah, that be would fun. be unfortunate. Because yeah, these so. guys seem to be completists. They wouldn't just like give you wings and call it the job done. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, your bones would have to be hollowed out. Uh, like, would... have you seen Freaks? It didn't go super great. Mm-mm-mm. But wolf, wolf is a good call. I feel like wolves are. Are really badass animals, and you get yeah. to hunt in packs and live in the woods and have all sorts of magical shit associated with you. Yeah, yeah howl at the moon. Yeah, howling at the yeah. moon. Yeah, it's great. So, what if anything you're drinking is fine? Uh, is fine. I guess it's evening now. We're we're on the cusp. Oh, yeah. of evening. I'm drinking an Evan and Coke. Hmm. Evan Williams whiskey and a Coke Zero. Very tasty. Very tasty. <laughs> all right, moving on. We got Kristen. Kristen, how's it going? It's going well. Glad to hear it. So, Kristen, let's say you were surgically altered into an animal by a crazy old Canadian man. <laughs> oh, Canadian uh, man. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, that's... A moose. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. A moose. Uh, so, uh, what, what animal would you prefer to be transformed into? I mean, yeah, at first I went with wings, but that would probably suck. And I thought maybe something with talons so I could rip the shit out of him. Mm. Um, but then I thought maybe a goat or a ram. 
a goat or ram. Because then you're still just like on all fours, but you also have freaking horns. Yeah, you can charge. Yeah, and yeah. there's you know, many goats who are surprisingly nimble, too. You can climb mountains. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. A lily goat. I mean, if I had to be turned into another animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can, I can respect that choice. Uh, John might hunt you. You would have to be careful. Look out. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe if I'm like a big ram or something. Right, you're like a badass goat. Yeah. Be a good fight. With a heart of gold. <laughs> that goat helps children. All goats have hearts of gold. Right, exactly. Freaking adorable. Nice. So what, if anything, are you drinking this fine fine evening? <sighs> Sound <laughs> effects. So shock top Belgian white in a can. Ooh. And Sound... I just spilled it on myself. Oh, <laughs> no. It was going so well. Yes, my, my goat hooves can't hold it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. That would be the, the true tragedy. The moment where you realize that you'd made a mistake. You're like, no. No. Yeah, that's the moment I realized I've made a mistake. Right, I've been turned to... into a goat, but I can't have beer anymore. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you have to drink your booze out of a trough. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I want to do that now. Uh... <laughs> yeah, sorry, just the thought of alcohol right now. Oh, sorry. Scary to me. So let's see. Let's see. What would I want to be? A frog. Oh man. That's, uh, you're saying that on account of my, uh, my Skype icon, which happens to be a cute little tree, cute little tree frog. Yeah. But I don't think I'd want to be a frog. I'd be a big-ass frog. Yeah. I don't know, I think I'd want to be a happy sea creature of some kind, you know, of the, the dolphin variety, perhaps. <laughs> if, uh, if yeah, we the really... Yeah, the transformative process must Have suck. you ever seen that South Park episode? Uh, oh, the, dead? the World War Two like, cow and chicken dolphin shark thing or am i totally off base no no totally it was one it was they were sort of spoofing uh like mr garrison has a sex change and i think that might even be the title of the episode mm. <laughs> but they were sort of commenting in their way that they do on that type of you know gender reconstruction surgery and as an exaggeration kyle's dad <laughs> wanted to, to become a dolphin so he gets turned into a dolphin for part of the episode. I mean, it's 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 a little it's a little gruesome. It's a little gross. I would imagine that's how it that's how it would would look. And it wasn't you know it wasn't it looked a little messy. <laughs> so maybe dolphin isn't the way to go, Jeff. Well, I could always I could always become a narwhal. Ooh. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. You know, it's a tooth, not a horn, right? Yeah, but it's still awesome. Okay. Doesn't matter if it's not a horn. It's cool. Yeah, but I'm just imagining it going marathon man style. And... Uh, don't ruin, don't ruin this for me, Kristen. Don't, don't try to tear down my narwhal vision. Yeah, no. <laughs> you turn to a narwhal. I'm trying to stop you from becoming one of these crazy old men. I see. Well, I'll I'll do my best to not become a crazy old man who turns people into animals. I would appreciate that. Yeah, that's, I, I I don't think that's in my in my future. Who At is? least it's not in my immediate my immediate plans don't become a crazy old man who turns people who do podcasts oh yeah into animals. <laughs> no, that's true yeah mm. this movie really should resonate with us in a lot of ways so let's go ahead and use that brilliant segue opportunity and uh, talk a little bit about tusk which is kevin smith's new movie kevin smith who has gone absolutely off the fucking rails over the past you know several <laughs> years so John, I understand that you know the origin story behind this movie, and I was wondering if you could share it with us and our listeners. Yes. 
we'll po- we, I'm sure we're going to end up posting the link to our Tumblr and, and whatnot for everyone to listen to. But uh, the basic gist of it is that um, on Kevin Smith's podcast, um, I think it's called Smodcast, he does with his uh, often producer, Scott Mosier. And he had found this article in some European website that was very similar to like a Craigslist. And it's a listing for an apartment for rent. And they don't have to, the person doesn't have to pay rent. All they have to do is dress up in this realistic walrus costume that the guy has constructed over the years. And for two hours a day, he's going to put on this costume and he can't talk. He, he can only communicate by making walrus sounds. And, oh, 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 oh. and that's what the guy has to do. So now Kevin Smith starts just basically thinking out loud. And it's like, this is a horror movie. You know, like this, this insanely weird, ridiculous scenario is sort of like a, a starting point for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And then as they're doing this podcast, he starts talking like, the guy shows up, but then the guy, like, knocks him out, and he starts to basically medically sew him into this realistic walrus costume. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, he, he basically goes on, and he sort of, then this happens, and then this happens. And he basically proceeds, over the course of about 20 minutes, outlines mm-hmm. the premise for an entire movie. So he gets to the end, and just as a heads up, if you listen to this premise he does talk about how the movie would end so there's sort of spoilers in it so if you want to see the movie but don't want to know how it ends maybe hold off until after you see the movie to listen to this this podcast. strikes me as a movie that's about the journey yeah <laughs> not the destination the other big thing about it is he gets to the end of this description and he's like that's all this is totally a movie copyright kevin and scott we you know this has this must be a movie and then he puts it to his listeners, and it's like, he says, you know, if you think this should be a movie, if you, if you think this is a movie you want to see, tweet hashtag walrus yes. If not, if you think it's a terrible idea, hashtag walrus no. So what ends up happening is all of these people, like thousands and thousands of people, end up tweeting hashtag walrus yes. And then it starts to build up all this momentum, and then, you know, a year later, here it is. It's a movie. I, I think that Kevin Smith may have bankrolled it himself, and he, he tried to... I don't know exactly what the distribution plan is, but it's very limited. It's it's not a wide release, so you got to sort of look around for a theater that's, that's showing it, but that's basically how the whole thing came to be. And mind you, shortly before this, Kevin Smith is like, you know, I'm hanging it up, I'm retiring from filmmaking, I'm going to make Clerks 3, and then that's going to be it. That's, that's going to be but sort of the end of my... back for Tusk. Yeah. <laughs> months after he said he was retiring but i guess like he couldn't sell clerks three and this was a, a really short easy cheap movie that he could make so yeah the whole thing just totally took off via twitter so it's it's a pretty significant thing because that type of thing has never really happened before where where twitter people on twitter have responded in that way and then boom movie gets made so <laughs> it was it's a pretty interesting genesis of a movie in mm-hmm. honor of that i'm going to do the rest of the podcast and just walrus noises Stop. Oh man, I'm sorry, Kristen, but I was—I had to—I I, I had that evil voice in my head for a second, just a second, just a split second. That was like, that was like, oh, so just how it usually is. No, oh no, no, no! <laughs> I let it out. I let the evil voice in my head out. You know, just because you acknowledge that it's an evil voice doesn't mean you can still say it. It's true. 
I apologize, though, profusely. Uh-huh. I'm just stunned that this wasn't basically, like, a mashup of Moby Dick and Human Centipede. And Kevin Smith went, okay, done, movie. I can't believe this is, like, based on a true story. Well, sorry, I one thing I left out. It turns out the article that they were reading was a hoax. Oh. And the guy that created it was, like, a some sort of consultant or producer on the movie. So there was no guy with a walrus costume. But, you know, it was the premise that they sort of took and ran with. Based on a based on a true story. Right. I feel like there have been there's a storied history of hilarious classified ads. I think if you just Google like highlights from Craigslist. Well Craigslist has a best of tag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's the one. And there are so many that are that are like this that are just hilarious. <laughs> so let's before we discuss this more in depth, let's take a quick look at the trailer for Tusk. I'm just gonna play the uh, the Fleetwood Mac song. I don't want you to go to Canada tomorrow for the podcast. It's what I do. I travel around and I interview weird or interesting people. Hello, I'm an old man who has enjoyed a long and storied life at sea. And after eons of oceanic adventure, I know I do not wish to spend my remaining years alone while I have such stories to share. How far is Bifrost from here? It's about two hours from here. It's about two hours away. I hate American guys. <laughs> I'm so scared. This guy wants to turn me into an animal or something. <laughs> I don't want to die in Canada. I don't want to die in Canada. No one <laughs> wants to die in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm a Mac, and now I'm a walrus! <laughs> <laughs> and I nice. have a porn stash. Oh, God, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, it's so terrible. They wasted no budget money on the mustache, that's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't... I don't even know, guys. I don't even are we, know... Are we back? Yeah, now? we're back. Okay. We're totally back. But I don't even know what... Does anyone know... Can anyone I, explain to me? I kind of think I know. I can venture a guess. Okay. <laughs> it's weird. I, when I want, when I first watched the trailer that was released, I was like, I just sort of took it for a, a straightforward horror movie, mm-hmm. not not really a dark comedy, which it seems like it is. And yeah, it lines like I don't want to die in Canada. Obviously, yeah, that's have to the be thing. Funny. Once you see that, it's like okay, it's not totally. It's not a straight, it's not just a gruesome horror movie, sort of like yeah. what um, Red State was, mm-hmm. where, you know, the Kevin Smith, his, his, his sense of humor wasn't really present, you know, it was more of just, um, I don't know, I, I don't even know that I would call it a horror movie, but it was a really tense thriller, and his sense of humor, was, it was kind of there, but it was subdued, whereas by the looks of this movie, it looks like he's doing something that's pretty different. And that's what the reviews seem to be saying, that, it, that it's, it's this really interesting combination of gruesome horror movie with black comedy. How are the reviews? How's it doing? That's an interesting question. I, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it's, it's got like a 41%, but there's, you know, but I mean, that's always Kevin Smith. All of, yeah. the, all of his movies are, have never been really well reviewed, but People they've got that, like that, that cult following. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, so, who knows? Yeah, maybe let's let's actually let's broaden it out. Let's talk a little bit about Kevin Smith, the filmmaker, on the, on that note, because I think the reason for that is that he breaks 
almost every basic rule of budget, big budget filmmaking. Even though he's not, you know, a huge budget director, he's definitely someone who was thrust into the producing nationwide releases, even though he's sort of, he came out of this kind of indie scene in uh, New Jersey. When you do sort of the screenwriting 101 thing, they tell you about how to write a tight, clean story. They tell you how to write sharp dialogue, etc. And Kevin Smith was like, no, 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 fuck all that. Fuck that all completely. Here's what I want to do. I want to write paragraphs and paragraphs of just dialogue. And I want my characters to say funny shit that I like. Huh. And, and it's just, it'll be, it'll be great. The, it'll be like hanging out with with your gr- your fantasy friends for like for like two hours, and that's what that's what my movies will mostly be. Obviously, with some noted, notable exceptions, and I can see why that irks some people because you guys ever watch like Gilmore Girls or anything by Amy Schumer? <gasps> it's coming to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. She she and Kevin Smith, oddly enough, have a lot in common as writers. I think just because their dialogue is has that same quality of like this is so witty no one po- could semi insightful yeah exactly yeah. no one could possibly be like that in real life sorkin and, too yeah sorkin totally uh, although sorkin obviously takes it very seriously where yeah. smith and and uh, i always get her last name is, is it amy schaefer paladino no it's sherman palad i always say the paladino part wrong so paladino? i'm probably saying it I'm probably saying it wrong right now. Um, the creator of Gilmore Girls. Yes, the creator of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. They're both, they both do this sort of same whimsical, kind of witty yeah. sort of thing. And, uh, John Green, too. It's like the way you wish you talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. The way, the way you wish you talked. <laughs> I, I wish I speak good like that. <laughs> but yeah, do you guys like Kevin Smith movies? Have you seen a bunch? Let's start with Kristen on that. I've seen a bunch. I haven't seen Red State. I haven't seen Tusk, and I don't think I want to. But I think I've seen all the other ones. And, I mean, Dogma, I think, is unequivocally the best one. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a problem with the guy. Actually, the other thing I did is I actually saw him live. And he does talk like that. I mean, he's had a lot of practice. But he's a very good storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, he can definitely captivate an audience just getting up there and bullshitting. You know, he talked about his wife giving birth and stuff. But, you know, in half of the show, he took questions from the audience and was just, like, go on, not a rant, but you just, like, just start talking. And it was all just off the cuff. So I think he is a very good conversationalist. And I understand why he's divisive, especially with, like, things like Chasing Amy and things like that. But he's he's got a, a voice of his own, so no disrespect to Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's definitely an auteur, which is a weird, it feels like a strange <laughs> word to say. But, I mean, he is the type of person who does get standing ovations at, like, the Cannes Film Festival. And it's it's because he's distinct. Like, you, you know a Kevin Smith movie almost immediately. I don't know about the past couple years, actually, now that I say that out loud. But, like, in his, like, from Clerks through... His uh, Jersey Scumbag trilogy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, his, his, his heyday movies... Clerks, Mallrats, yeah, Amy, right, uh, exactly. Yeah. Those you you immediately are like, oh, that's Kevin Smith. Right, that is absolutely Kevin Smith. His stamp is everywhere. What about you, John? What what are your thoughts on Kevin Smith? Whew, still- all right, I'm gonna have to. I'll try and keep myself limited because I could I could go for a while. But I know I I discovered Kevin. I got into Kevin Smith movies at a pretty young age. I was like maybe in tenth or eleventh grade in high school. You know, I started from the beginning with Clerks and then watched each of his movies, and I was a really huge fan of them. And then I 
I sort of realized a couple of years ago that they don't, some of them don't hold up so well, but the thing that I like about Kevin Smith is he's very unapologetic. Like he, he does not claim at all to be a good filmmaker. I mean, there's plenty of times where he says that he's not, he's not, he isn't, he never claims to be a great filmmaker. He just does what he likes to do and that's right dialogue and i think that's what makes him really distinctive he does have a very distinct voice with his films and the types the type of dialogue that he writes mm -hmm. so i think that his older movies like mall rats and certainly jay and silent bob strike back don't hold up so well but you know the clerks movies both of them both of i think both clerks movies are really good mm -hmm. they're they're very distinctive and different i also really like chasing amy and then even his I think his later movies, Zack and Miri make a porno and Red State, I think he's doing, I mean, I think those are some of his stronger movies, especially Red State, because Red State, he, he sort of throws his own book out the window and like his writing philosophy for that one was like, as he was writing it, he was saying that like, anytime he starts to get ahead of himself and he sees the next thing happen, he takes a left turn and he, he, he does something different. Mm -hmm. And as you're watching the movie, it keeps like it keeps you on the edge of your seat because you have no idea what's coming next. And I think that that's kind of what I'm expecting for Tusk, because he he basically he he, he does what he wants and he, he like he he keeps things fresh. He, he doesn't really concern himself. He doesn't hold himself to any kind of format or existing rule book. So I think that's what keeps his movies really fresh. He just does what he feels is the most interesting. Thing to do from a writing perspective mm -hmm. another thing that he says a lot is that he considers himself to be a writer first mm -hmm. and then you know he basically just directs the movie because that's what he's going to do to get his scripts to the the finish line um, right so yeah. i think that's my that's my that's what i like about him i don't think yeah. anyone's ever accused him of an abundance of caution yeah definitely yeah um i'll i'll say and uh, it is it is nice that he does what he does. I I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin Smith, and I think it it mostly has to do with the heavy-handed dialogue. I just can't see past it. Like I lose all immersion. I'm I'm just I see the writer's hand in all of the words that the characters are saying, and that makes it hard for me to really get into his movies. But I I respect him despite the fact that I do not like him particularly much. <laughs> it's almost like when uh when a band is constantly releasing albums that go in different directions. Like, you you get a little pissed off because there's one album that you really like and then the next album is, like, totally different and uh, people start saying ridiculous crap like, oh, you're sellout or, or weird or that sort of thing. But you still admire the fact that they're they're doing so sincerely. And I think that's what Kevin Smith has been doing lately. I think he's been sincerely trying new things. Because it, it would have been so easy for him to slip into the Hollywood mold that he's always tried to kind of avoid and not, not be a part of, and to start making, like, paycheck movies. Um, well. He's done, he's done some work on some paycheck movies. Well, no, I think when he made Zack and Miri, yeah. he was trying very hard to be Judd Apatow. That's true. And it, and it was That's very true. insincere. Right no, that actually, that actually is a really good point, and that, that is and probably... That himself. Yeah, and that is probably his weakest movie that I've seen. Well, no, I won't say that for sure, but it was... That that movie is like two thirds of a decent movie. Like the ending is really awful. Yeah, I could totally see the Jeff a Judd Apatow. I actually didn't realize it was Kevin Smith until before this podcast when I was looking at his yeah. filmography. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, uh, I didn't realize that. But in uh, 
But despite the fact that he made Zack and Miri, he decided to veer away from that direction and then did Red State and is now doing Tusk. So, you know, even though he slipped in, he he flirted with going into paycheck mode with Zack and Miri, I feel like he, he has veered way off that course. It's because of pot. <laughs> yeah, it actually probably is. Well, no, I mean, he's, he's, he said that, that he started, sm- Seth Rogen basically turned him on to smoking pot, and then you can find... Well working. Of- not 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 generally. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. Like he can, right. you can find videos of him on YouTube saying that how like when he smokes pot, he he ties it to productivity and he starts working and he basically doesn't concern himself with people's reaction and he just does what he wants to do. And you know, now we've got him going in these new crazy directions. Mm-hmm. In defense of some of his dialogue. At least for clerks, mm-hmm. uh, that might have something to do with the actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not exactly being actors. Yes, <laughs> many of them really... being just sort of Kevin Smith's friends. Right, which I mean, he made that movie on like twenty bucks. Um, <laughs> no, I mean he he took out not like a mortgage, but he like kept opening credit cards like he spent his own money on it so basically got his pals to do it and so are very cheap actors yeah mm-hmm. and himself so that that's sometimes why the dialogue doesn't saying or maybe it's just like a bad fit because i mean it, it would take a very skilled actor to make what he writes seem natural well i don't uh, i don't know if it's necessarily casting because again i have the same problems with sorkin and mm-hmm. we'll just call her asp for easy easy use <laughs> the creator um, of gilmore girls right the creator of gilmore girls creator mm-hmm. of the best show that was ever on television i swear to god when i found out it came out on netflix i like cleared my calendar mm-hmm. wow <laughs> i must confess that i have seen all of gilmore girls probably three times and ah. it's uh it's because i am I am just the best boyfriend. <laughs> but uh, it's just so small town and happy. Yeah, it's, it's so quirky. Look at this this lovely little town Stop. that you know. Stop now. Anyway, so uh, I actually I, no, fine. Uh, as an aside, Gilmore Girls is a perfectly fine show. I'm yeah. not gonna. Tra- I'm ne- I would never trash Gilmore Girls. But even in those shows, like even when Martin Sheen is doing Aaron Sorkin, I'm I'm still like those lines were written down on a page and he is reading them. It's not like, yeah. it's not a performance thing. It's it's a writing thing for sure. And again, it's it's personal taste. But yeah, I uh, uh, do you guys know the name of the Kevin Smith universe off the top of top of your head? Oh, I don't know if there's a name to the universe. It's there's View um, is like his company. Yeah, the view the View universe basically refers right. to his his first five movies. Right. Yes. But Tusk is the first of a new Canadian trilogy or something. I don't know oh, what. Brother. I don't know what the new trilogy is is named, but. Tusk is the first entry in sort of a, a a loose trilogy, basically. So it's not like it doesn't involve the same characters, and the premises are completely different. There but will be a moose movie. It's this. It's this. It's the same idea that this set of movies takes place in the same universe. So, for example, if you watch the Tusk trailer, you see two young girls at a convenience store saying it's a boot two and a half hours away or something like that. Mm-hmm. One of the girls is Kevin Smith's daughter, and then the other girl is Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh, whoa. So they, and those two are the stars. They're not a, a big part of Tusk, but they, they have a cameo, but they're the stars of Kevin Smith's next movie, which he's shooting right now, 
called Yoga Hosers or something like that, <laughs> which is like a thriller or something. So he's he started a new trilogy. Oh my! Wow. So they're the Jay and Silent Bob of the uh, horror movie trilogy. I guess so. Yeah. Or, the, or the Dante and Randall. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good question. The Canadian clerks. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. It's going to be really weird to re-examine the Kevin Smith film archive in another, like, 20 years. The Kevin Smith oeuvre. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to imagine, like, the Criterion collection, you know, when Kevin Smith ends up a part of that. It's like... it's like when people... is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chasing Amy, I think. Jeez. That's, uh... Man. <laughs> no, that's, uh... These movies hold up in really weird ways. Like, it... Some parts of it's like, wow, this is pretty good. But then other parts, it's like... What the fuck is he doing? Yeah. Right. I think uh, I think Mallrats is probably my least favorite Kevin Smith. I think Smith it's everyone's movie. least favorite, including okay. Kevin Smith. Good. Yeah. That's. I think he was trying to redo Clerks, and it was just like. Eh. Yeah, that one, that one may have been a little bit of a paycheck movie too, even though it, it performed horribly at the box office. Yeah, because I think they were, they was basically, like a cult it was basically. Hit. And then they did a wide release on Mallrats, and it's like, no, it's a, still a cult movie. Yeah. It was basically, let's do Clerks in a mall. Mm-hmm. That was, I think that was his actual pitch. Yeah, I think my favorite Kevin Smith movie is probably Clerks 2. Maybe Dogma. It's tough between those two. I haven't seen Dogma in a lot longer, so I would need to revisit it, I think, before I could I could decide for sure. But uh, what about you guys? Kristen, you said Dogma? Is that I mean, favorite? I thought Dogma was great. I mean, Alan Rickman. I did have a lot of fun in Clerks, too. I mean, also, I, I saw that with Michelle at a previous screening, and we got kind of drunk when we were doing it. So. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yes. Those are the days. Sorry, John. <laughs> no. It's fine. So, John, <laughs> John, if do do you have uh, you mentioned several that you like? Do do you have a favorite Kevin Smith movie? Um, I would probably say either Red State or Clerks Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like Clerks Two is kind of the the if we if we had the Venn diagram, Clerks Two is our overlapping. We all thumbs up to Clerks yeah. Two. Yeah, which is weird because the reaction to that was like, ugh, sellout. Really? Clerks Two. I yeah. thought I thought Clerks Two was really well received. I mean, well, I think when it was first announced, at least. Oh, yeah. I could yeah. see that. I could see the news, people being like, well, he needs money. Um, yeah, back to the drawing board. You yeah, know. but I, I do remember when uh, a lot of early screenings for Clerks 2 got a lot of really good press. So, And not like good Hollywood press, good like everybody press. <laughs> so, yeah, and that that and it's it's... It's equal parts funny and character piece. Like, I feel like that's the one where he really got to to take his characters and do appropriate good and bad things to them. So yeah, that's it's nice. I, I, I kind of hope there isn't a Clerks 3, because I, I like the closure at the end of Clerks 2. Yeah. But at this point, I want to ask you guys if you have any final thoughts on, on Kevin Smith or Tusker or any of this stuff. Let's start with John on that. John, any, any last thoughts to say? I definitely plan on seeing it at some point. Because it's such a limited release, it's, it's a little tough for me to get to a theater to see it, and I'm not like... I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't know that I want to see it that bad to, to really go out of my way. Um, so I might, you know, I might wait until it's it's released on digital download, which probably won't be that long. But I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it at some point. Cool, Christian. What about you? Any final thoughts on Tusk or Kevin Smith movies? Well, I don't really like horror movies, so I probably wasn't going to see Tusk anyway. But yeah, I like Kevin Smith, and maybe I'll get back to doing more chatty. We're going to hang out. Coffee Shop AU in the fanfic 
in fanfic parlance. Those type of movies. Maybe when he gets older, he'll go back to, you know, sitting around the fireplace, talking about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's all gather around this fireplace. As long as he doesn't talk more shit about Lord of the Rings, that'll be fine. <laughs> I always I always found that funny and ironic. Me too. Uh, but I think that was, of course, the point. Yes. Uh, yeah, let's see. Do I have any final thoughts? I, I don't think I'll ever see Tusk. As much as I'd love to watch Justin Long get tortured. Right. He's just... Uh, the, those goddamn Apple commercials. I know they weren't his fault. It's not like he wrote them. It's not like he mm. came up with the marketing campaign. But damn it, he was the face. The face of those horrible commercials. Yeah, like, who doesn't want to, like, side with John Hodgman? I think they really, like... Yeah. Missed the point on that one. It's like, oh, <laughs> Justin Long or John Hodgman? No uh, kidding. John Hodgman, obviously. Yeah, but I, I think I will, I will never see Tusk uh, because you know what, Justin Long, you can live a long and healthy life for all I care. I don't need to see you turn into a walrus. But uh, I, I do, I do want to see Kevin Smith continue to make movies for a long time. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad he came out of retirement, and I hope he stays out <laughs> for a while because. We we need Kevin Smiths. We need people who can make movies that get lots of press and that get nationwide releases. Obviously, Tusk, you know, select release, but but a well-known person who makes movies who's just a guy. He's not a Hollywood person. He's he's a Jersey guy, and <laughs> Jersey dirtbag. Yeah, and I love that about him. So. Yeah. All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode the same way we wrap up every episode of This Is Serious Business, and that's with our Geek of the Week segment where we talk about things we've been watching, reading, doing, playing, etc. that have nothing whatsoever to do with what we've been talking about for the last 40 minutes or so. So let's start with Kristen on that one. Kristen, what have you been up to lately? I've finished reading the Doomsday Book, which is by Connie Willis. It's actually the first of her time travel Oxford Time Traveler series. I actually read the second one first, so I didn't realize it was a... They, they don't really have anything to do with each other, except that they both use the same kind of time travel rules. And they're both really cool, and they just throw you into this world, and they talk about things like the net and the drop and pick up points. They don't really explain it. You just sort of figure it out as you go along, because you're smart and you can. And so... To Say Nothing of the Dog is the second one that I read first, and it's very funny, very charming. The Doomsday Book is very upsetting, because it's about the plague, and it goes about as well as expected. Mm. Yeah. And it, was, it was very fun to read, in a way, and I would recommend it. I would recommend To Say Nothing of the Dog more, but I would be sitting on the subway reading it, and then I'd see someone like scratching their arm, and I would freak out. <laughs> and I was like, wait, no. It's not the 14th century anymore. Mm. And if the plague ever comes back, we can probably cure it. Yeah. Calm down. I mean, also, I, I live on the line that has the bed bugs. Oh, no! Yeah. So, although... I swear to God, that city is a third world country. It's seriously, it's freaking nasty. Yeah, they found bed bugs on the end line. And my friend emailed me and said, don't take the end line. Like, I don't really have a choice. But uh, I read the Doomsday book, finished that. And then basically need something really happy. So I'm on the sixth Tamarare book right now. Yay! Which is the Australia one. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> little fat dragon. <laughs> little fat inflatable dragon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Having more fun. I'm basically squealing and making a menace of myself whenever I read stuff about adorable, sensitive dragons. <laughs> who have lots of feelings. It's good stuff. 
Nice. Awesome. So let's move on to... Oh, I definitely, by the way, want to hear your take on the, the Temeraire books as you proceed with them. But yeah, let's move on to John. John, uh, what have you been up to lately? Uh, well, I've been uh, keeping up with Doctor Who, Ooh. the new season, with uh, Peter Capaldi. Michelle and I just watched the latest episode, Time Heist. I think the last couple episodes... The series is really starting to take off and get really good, and it seems to be going back to the feel, you know, like the feel of older seasons, like in a tenant era, maybe. I mean, the the last couple episodes have been getting a pretty good amount of fan praise, so it's an exciting time to be a Doctor Who fan. Stephen Moffat's writing and Capaldi's performance, and just all around, everything has been really, 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 really awesome. So, yeah, you know, we're only. I think we're only about four or five episodes into the new season, and with each preview, it just seems to be getting better and better. So it's pretty exciting. That's awesome. I may I need to figure out if I want to check those out on iTunes or not. I'm so sad that if you don't get BBC America, there's really no like good way to watch Doctor Who without spending like $2 an episode, yeah. which it's funny. We, we've had this conversation before. I use the burrito index for my entertainment purposes. $2 what? for an episode of something sounds ridiculous, but then I think... Is this episode going to give me as much joy as a third of a burrito? <laughs> oh, I do that well, with Starbucks. I would... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Starbucks buying, index. That's buying good. a book. Yeah. It's like, wait, mm-hmm. this costs less than you know one cup of Starbucks. So right. what the hell? No, I need to start doing that with like games on my phone as well because I'm always like ninety nine cents. Right, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, Jeff, I would say I can understand that. That, that sentiment, but I would recommend if you want to just do, and the good thing about the, the season is that each episode is pretty contained, so you could you could watch a random episode and not be lost, mm. so I would recommend either the Time Heist or Listen, cool. which is the last two episodes, and then you can, you know, you can watch just one of those, and you know, you don't necessarily need to keep watching, or you know, they... They don't, they're not really building on each other. There, there seems to be a very loose, overarching thing, but mm-hmm. you can very easily watch one episode and enjoy it. Nice. All right, let's see. What have I been up to lately? Well, on account of my ailment, I have watched several dumb movies that have oh, been... Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. And, and, you know, they're mostly, like, big-budget dumb movies. Like, I watched Pirates of the Caribbean. I watched Stargate. Stargate, by the way, holds up like a hundred thousand percent. Oh man, that you know we we talked about Independence Day, but Stargate is another Roland Emmerich joint that, uh, <laughs> that deserves a ton of praise for being like a summer movie that was born in a laboratory to be perfect. So uh, in addition to that, I read the book The Strain. By oh God, Chuck Hogan and Guillermo del Toro. Oh, so and happy. when. Uh, when I started getting sick, I was in the middle of reading that book, which is really just a terrible coincidence. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? You. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, just in case I have vampire worms, you know, I, I want you all to know that I'm going after you first. Um, Thanks a lot. I mean, sorry, just kidding, just kidding. It was turned into an FX television series that started up at the beginning of the summer, I believe, and I can tell why it was turned into a TV series. It's definitely a book that was written, I think, almost explicitly for that purpose. Mm-hmm. It reads very fast. There aren't really chapters. There are scenes. <laughs> and they are generally like three or four pages long each. So it's it's kind of an exciting read in that way. But I don't know. There's a trilogy. I don't know if I'm going to continue. Yeah. It, it didn't really do enough to hook me. 
and the beginning is kind of the coolest slash best part. Like oh, the, the first. Yeah, the oculation that is cool, awesome. and even just the premise of the plane landing, mm-hmm. like that. There, there's a lot of mystery. Well, it's a it, locked room mystery. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. And then um, the more that gets revealed about the mystery, the worse it gets. Like, and by worse, I don't mean oh god, this is horrifying. Worse, I mean worse is in like the quality of the book degrades yeah. the more information you get. It's yeah. it's not like horrible, but it's just kind of like oh, meh. You know, yeah. there's there's not there's not much to it beyond what you kind of figure out pretty quickly. And some and the characters are super archetypal, like mm-hmm. super duper archetypal, which works in say Stargate, but doesn't really work in in a novel as well. But, yeah, so yeah. clearly I have read this because mm-hmm. it was a Kindle Daily deal. So I'm like, sure, what the hell? And the cool thing about vampires is that they can represent so much, and contagion, you know, infectious disease is one of them. Mm-hmm. But when you get into, like, actual, like, white bloodworms and bulbous tongue stingers, I mm-hmm. kind of go back to, you know what? Sparkly vampires ain't that bad. Yeah, I I, I, I like struggle. my vampires sexy. <laughs> yeah, I struggle with this a little bit because I'm, I'm not sure if it's a fair thing to say, but it, it, it has popped into my mind on several occasions. I need to do more research to see if this theory holds out. But there does seem to be a huge discrepancy between male and female writing of vampires. Mm-hmm. And female writing tends to emphasize the seductive qualities, that, that aspect of it. I mean, you think Anne Rice... Uh, sadly, you have to factor in Twilight just because it is so popular. And or you think Charlene Harris, who uh, does sort of straddle it a little bit, but mostly still still has this angle of seduction involved with the vampires. And then I think of a lot of male depictions of vampires. Guillermo del Toro has actually done the vampire thing several times, and every time he does it, it's always gross. Right. It's super gross, and it feels. A little bit like modern day male takes on vampires tend to emphasize the grossness over the seductive qualities. Obviously, the original Dracula novel was was not necessarily like that at all. But yeah, I, I just wonder if well, that's. Well, I wonder seems how good. much that is a reaction. It, to yeah, that's, that's um, because a good point. the original Stoker was hardly the first vampire. So there've been vampires in mythology forever. Polidori right. was actually one of the first of like the Gothic vampires, and it's a very it's the vampire with a Y, and it's apparently mm-hmm. about Byron. So a lot of that is born out of repression and Victorian stodginess. So I mean, even right. the male like original authors did start with like even if it wasn't about sex in the way that like Charlene Harris and Stephanie Meyer are, there mm-hmm. was like this undercurrent of something inappropriate. Right. Taboo. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, vampires are usually fighting some sort of taboo. Um, right. They, they're like, you know, something that you want in the extreme, except for like these horror examples that have been coming out from a lot of male creators like was it 40 days of night stuff like that. yeah exactly that's that's one of the other examples that that comes to mind of like the gross vampire yeah but i mean it, it is like a, a probably a female fantasy of wanting someone to kind of sweep you off your feet because then you don't have to get blamed for mm-hmm. any of your behavior i see i think that's what it comes out of it's like oh you know like he seduced me and it's like well that was he's a that's his fault. He's a monster, quote unquote. So were you going to do a vampire episode? Is that what Yeah, we really did. This, this <laughs> turned into a great like podcast segment uh, out of yeah. this topic. Um, but yeah, that's 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 it for me. Um, so uh, at this point, I want to give you guys an opportunity to make any shout outs and to let people know where they can find you online, starting with John. 
Uh, I'd like to shout out to Michelle because it is her birthday Yay! today. As we're recording birthday. this, it's your birthday. Woo! Also to Kyle. Kyle, um, hi Kyle. Just uh, showed up uh, for a visit on oh. Michelle's birthday. Um, so big props to him for making the trip down. Um, and then uh, you can find me on Twitter at Draw the Story. Awesome. Let's move on to Kristen. Shout out to Michelle again. What up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stole it. You can find me on Twitter at Nero's Liar. Total shout outs to Michelle for her happy, happy birthday. And you can find me on Twitter at Tisby Jeff. I don't think I've tweeted in a while. Uh, I'll probably tweet more once I feel better. You can find this podcast online at tisbycast.com, T-I-S-B-C-A-S-T, along with links to our excellent Tumblr, our iTunes, uh, all that other stuff. Please feel free to chime in and leave a comment on this episode if you have anything to say based on all the ridiculous stuff we've just said. And as always, I have absolutely no idea how to end this episode. <laughs> it's it's really more of a, a walrus torture porn bomb. No, but like, is this going to be, are there going to be a whole bunch of knockoffs of like human centipede walrus? I hope not. <laughs> I just want to see like, well, I want to see the B-movie people like, mm-hmm. you know, make funny about maybe this sort of thing. Which is, hold on, let me make sure I get this author's name right. Sorry. Nailed it. Um, the doomsday <laughs> <laughs> book. This is serious business. Oh, 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 oh.